Hello, welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Today, Apostle continues in the faith series that he has been running during our midweek services as he preaches a sermon titled, Great Faith. He teaches that people of great faith are they that have an understanding of both the nature and workings of God. Grab your Bibles, your pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. wonderful moment. I thank you Lord for the many that are watching in their households. I thank you for the blessings coming upon them. Father, thank you because our hearts are open. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. I wish to begin by thanking uh, by just thanking you all for tuning in. I would like to thank the team that has put all this together. And I'm so glad to have been able to come to you with the word of God in this period. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful. Uh, I praise God for the team that he has given me. I'm very grateful to my pastor. There are certain phone calls I've received during this period which have just positioned me to be able to share this faith that I'm sharing with you. And so I'm very grateful um, just the direction and encouragement that my pastor, Pastor Jolio, has been giving me. I'm grateful. I wouldn't be able to do this the way I'm doing it without that. This evening, I'm going to teach you on great faith. Now, for those of you who are just joining us, We've been looking at faith for months, actually, for months, literally two or three months. And there are a few things that we've said about faith. One of the things that we said is faith is measurable. The Bible says faith is a substance of things hoped for. And we look at the level called no faith. The Bible tells us there are some who are not of the faith. And you have to understand, that's why we need Christians to be involved in making world decisions because there are some people who are not of the faith. They've got no acknowledgement of the faith. They're there. They exist. And then we looked at little faith. And then we looked at weak faith. Little faith comes, is there because you don't have enough information. There's only one way faith comes. It comes by hearing. Little faith could be there because you've opened a sermon like this and decided to scroll through and go watch a funny video. That can be the reason for little faith. Because there's some information, there's some knowledge you're supposed to get that you did not get. Weak faith comes when you've been getting all this knowledge, but you've not learned how to use it. You've not exercised your faith. You'll be weak. And so today, let us look at the level God has called you for, which is great faith. You know, one thing I'll tell you this is that biblically we are we, are, we have been encouraged to always desire the best, to always desire the higher. Why should you settle for the lower? Why should you always settle for the lowest place in the body of Christ? We are designed, we are, we are designed to always go for the greatest. Do you remember when the disciples asked who is the greatest? And then Jesus 
told them, if you want to be the greatest, do A, B, C, D. In short, he was telling them, but by servanthood, they would be the greatest. He was showing them how to be the greatest. Even with spiritual gifts, every thought desire the best gifts. So don't settle for this message of it's okay where you are. Come on. God wants you to grow from glory to glory. That's where he wants you to be. And so great faith is the place that he's called you for. I want you to type great faith is my calling. And if you've not shared this video yet or if you're listening to a podcast, I want you to pause for 10 seconds and share it. Just share it. Just share it. Share it on whatever platform. So we're going to look at uh, the term great faith is... It was coined by Jesus himself. The same way little faith was coined by Jesus himself. I hear people saying, no matter whether your faith is little or small. But Jesus had a problem with those whose faith was little. And he had a problem, and he, and he had praises for those whose faith was great. Didn't he rebuke his disciples for having little faith? That shows you it's okay to start little, but that's not, that's not his plan for you. That's not where he wants you to end. Oh, praise God. So, Matthew chapter number 8. We see Jesus using great faith on two people, and we're going to look at both of them. And we're going to read verse 5. I call Matthew 8 the healing chapter, because in Matthew 8, Jesus was healing. And now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him. You know, I actually wrote a song on this story. What happened is, there was something we were believing for as a church. And I had tried something out and it didn't work. And we kept getting bad news in that period. It was a period of serious bad news. I think we were even given an eviction notice from where we were meeting. And I remember I just, I, I, I was praying and I said, God, if you can just give me one word, I know. One word against everything everyone has said, your word is bigger. And so I remember I was just sitting and I was singing, one word from Jesus and it's all settled now. Just one word from Jesus. And then when I reached towards the end, I heard the Lord say, Oh, you're asking for one word. I've given you a whole Bible of words. Just pick one. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Now, uh, the centurion came to him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadful to me, dreadfully tormented. A centurion, for those who don't know, that's, uh, this is a person who's in the military. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Uh The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority. Having soldiers under me, I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Amazing. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. Can you imagine? He got Jesus to marvel. Jesus was like, eh. And said to those who followed, Assuredly, I tell you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Jesus was able to quantify that man's faith. And his faith was not at the same level as other people. He called it great faith. And let's look at what else he went to say. And I say to you, that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Uh-huh. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. They will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's giving a prophecy on Israel. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way. 
and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Now, when you look at the healing ministry of Jesus, his words were very deliberate. There are some people whom he practically, it was his compassion that led him to move and heal them. But then there were others whom it was their faith that drew the healing out of him. He, he, he didn't have an option to keep it or not. He didn't have an option. Like the woman with the issue of blood. He didn't have an option. She just came and touched. And then Jesus said, who touched me? And Peter says, hey, come on, you're in a crowd. What do you mean who touched you? And he said, I felt power leaving me. There's a language that power understands. It's a language of faith. He had no option. That's why in this place, look at what he says. He says, as you have believed. Haven't you heard him telling people, your faith has made you whole? You know, the advantage, if it's your faith that makes you whole, is that you know what to do to keep your honest. So, Jesus called this man as having great faith. Now, what did I notice about this man? Number one, I noticed this man had knowledge. He had knowledge. How do we know he had knowledge? He had an idea that this man he was talking to was not an ordinary man, but this man was part of a kingdom. And that's why you notice he... he, he let's go back to that statement he made. Verse 8 and 9. He says, only speak a word. Probably had an idea that death and life li lies in the power of the tongue. So he had knowledge. He had knowledge that Jesus could heal, right? And then look at what else. He had wisdom. Because wisdom will show in how you apply this knowledge. But there is something that I believe he had, which made his faith at a high level. He had understanding. When you look at Proverbs 4 verse 7, the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom, and in your getting, get understanding. Why do I say he had understanding? It's one thing for a person to know that, oh, the man I'm talking to is an authority. This man had an understanding of how authority works. He had an understanding. And don't you find it interesting that a person who understood how authority works, Jesus said he had great faith. The man had an understanding of how authority works. He knew how authority works. Saints of the living God, when you have an understanding of how God works, you are at a better place at a person who merely has knowledge. Do you know that understanding is beyond knowledge? Are you aware it's beyond knowledge? Can I give you an example? Okay, I'll give you an example. You drive a car and you know that uh, for a car to run, you need to put fuel in the car. You have knowledge that fuel makes a car run. However, there are people who come to a place of wisdom where they can apply that knowledge. They know exactly what to open. They know exactly how to put the fuel. But then there's a place called understanding where you know exactly what the fuel does to a car. I was explaining that wisdom is definitely the principal thing. And in all you're getting, you must get understanding. And if you remember, I was giving you the example of the car. I was saying a person can have knowledge that fuel will help a car to move. Another person, on the other hand, can have wisdom. They can know how to put fuel in a car. But a person of understanding, 
who has an understanding of exactly which filter the fuel goes into who has an understanding of exactly how the fuel works that's the person you will go to when the car is not working well because the person of understanding will know what to put what where and so that the person who understands are the ones who you now call a mechanic so we can all have some knowledge about a car, but for a mechanic, the, his, he has to be at a higher level. He has to be at the place of understanding, where he knows the operations, he knows the dynamics. And that's the way great faith works. It's a person who's gone beyond knowing. They've come to a place of understanding. It's a higher level of knowledge. It's an epignosis. This man had understanding of how authority works. The centurion had understanding of how authority works. He had an understanding that when there's a man of authority, he can send others. Because the way he was speaking, he was simply saying, you can send your word on your behalf. Or he could have been saying, you can send your angels on your behalf. Because you are a man of authority. A person who's got such a revelation will not struggle to receive the word of God through a live stream. They will not struggle to receive a miracle even as they are watching me right now on video. Saints of the living God, this man understood the topic of authority and Jesus counted him as having great faith. Now, one thing that I observed about this man is that his understanding of this topic did not necessarily come through this it doesn't seem as though it came through this outward revelation or maybe at this glorious encounter. If you had to ask me, I believe he reasoned in himself. He reasoned and said, look, if this is a man of authority and I've got an understanding of authority, then I know that authority works in this manner. Learn to reason with yourself in line of what you believe God's nature is. And the Bible tells us that that was the secret to Sarah giving birth. That was her secret. Let me show you. Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse 11. The Bible says, By faith, Sarah also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Are you seeing that? Initially, we know that Sarah had some problems with her faith. Because when God said, oh, you're going to have a child, the Bible tells us she laughed. But we have, we have been shown what happened behind the scene. We have been shown what Genesis did show us. It shows us that there was something that clicked within her. She, instead of looking at the barrenness of her womb, she began to think of the one who had promised. And she thought, no, 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 no. This one who has promised is faithful. This one who has promised is faithful. And when she judged him faithful by faith, she received strength to conceive. What have you believed about God? What have you reasoned within you concerning God? What have you reasoned within you concerning his nature? What have you reasoned within you concerning his attributes? I don't know about you, but I believe he always saves. I believe he always delivers. I believe he always heals. I believe he always blesses. I believe he always prospers. We've judged him as faithful. Everything written about him is great. And everything we've seen him do in our lives is great. There's another person whom Jesus said had great faith. Let's look at it. Matthew chapter number 15. And we're going to look at verse 21. Matthew chapter number 15. And we're going to look at verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan 
came from that region and cried out to him saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Just stay there. Have mercy on me. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. I want us to understand something. The woman was from Canaan. What that means is this woman was not a Jew. How many of you have read in John chapter 4 when Jesus was interacting with a Samaritan? When he asked for water, she, she, she reminded him, Hey, don't you know I'm a Samaritan? You'll get to understand as I go on. But the Jews and the Gentiles did not get along. The Jews knew that they were the children of God, so they believed they were the children, and they referred to non-Jews as dogs. They referred to them, it, it was a common phrase in them trying to say, these guys are not like us, they are unclean. And I want us to continue. Jesus answered and not a word. He was quiet. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. Let's go on. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Interesting statement. Very interesting statement. Because Jesus' assignment initially was to the house of Israel. That's why even when he sent out the 72, he only sent them in Israel. It's only after he resurrected that he sent them throughout the world. It's only after he resurrected that he said, go ye into all, into all nations. Initially, he sent them in Israel. And so he says, well, in, in this string of the assignment, it's to Israel. So he says, he looks, she's from Canaan, just to, well, I was only sent to the people of Israel. And look at what he, look at what he says. And understand it from the cultural context I told you. Uh-huh. But she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Uh-huh. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's Jesus talking. And this woman, whom the Jews would refer to a certain way, trying to say, these guys are not like us. They are not chosen like us. These guys are unclean. We are the clean ones. And Jesus said, look, I came for the children of God. I'm not going to get the meat which is for these children and give it to the little dogs. And Jesus said that loudly. The woman could have just said, if she was Zambian and Bemba, she should have said, Avanabo? What are you going to say? Won't say to la paper I don't know if you're getting my point. Uh, for those who are not from Zambia, what I really meant there was um, uh, something about listening. So let's go on. <laughs> Look at what she said. And have you noticed that the centurion said something? Because your faith can only be tested by what you say. No, in, my, in the deep corner of my heart, in the deep corner of your heart, you believe you will pass all the exams. But when everybody asks you, you're saying, ah, we should, uh, let me reduce on the member. But when everybody asks you, you're always talking about being the ones who will probably be on the bottom of the list. Uh, that's not faith. That's not faith. faith. Faith is risky. Look at what the woman says. And she said, yes, Lord. She didn't argue. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Hold on. Jesus has just said, this bread is for the children, not for the dogs. And the woman replies saying, ah, but if they are dogs, they will go eat the crumbs that fall from the table. Look at what Jesus responded. 
Jesus answered and said to her, Oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. She said, great is your faith. Next verse. And he departed from there. There are a few things I noticed about this woman that made Jesus notice that she had great faith. One, she did not take no for an answer. Oh, she refused to take no for an answer. And she was vocal about what she wanted. But here's what made me really, um, one thing that made me really understand. I want you to see this. The Jews and the Gentiles never used to mix. Jesus was a Jew, and his assignment was first to preach to the Jews. The woman was well aware of it, but she did not let Jesus' Jewishness block her from receiving from God. No, she spoke with her mouth. No, she spoke it out. She talked it out. And have you observed something? The woman refused to be offended by the Jewishness of Jesus. She refused to be offended. She understood rank. Have you noticed that the first one understood authority? She, she did not even try to say, no, I'm one of the children. No, because by then the Gentiles weren't part of the children. She said, yeah, yeah, I know you've put me at the lower level, but even at this lower level we can receive this. Have you observed that the centurion understood authority? This woman understood rank. Now, here's a, what, what amazes me. I want you to imagine this. You've grown up in, an, in a culture, in an ethnicity that hates the Jews. And you know the Jews also don't like you back. But you see that God is using the Jew and you decide to go to the Jew. And when the Jew answers you like a Jew, you decide to go past all that and claim what you want. This woman had understanding of God's ways. Can I tell you what I mean? When you go further and study, you realize that in God's ways, he uses men. And sometimes there can be something about these men that can offend you. There are people who believe great faith means uh, you completely now ignore human beings. That's not actually how it works. Great faith acknowledges authority. Great faith acknowledges rank. Remember earlier how uh, Jesus marveled at the great faith, eh? Can I show you a portion of scripture that shows Jesus marveling at unbelief? Look at this. Mark 6, and we're going to read verse 2. I want us to see something, then we'll get back to this woman. When the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works were performed by his hands? Ah, uh, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. What did they do? They started relegating. They started relegating. These people had no understanding of the ways of God. The ways of God is that God will use a man. Most, most times, our answers are often in form of men. But there are many people who think that it's lack of faith to acknowledge if God chooses someone. There are many people who think that. They think those who have great faith are those who never have a pastor praying for them. Then, then my friend, congratulations, you must be wiser than God. Now, let me, let, let me keep showing you. They start reducing Jesus. Eventually, they got offended. Let's go on. 
But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country among his own relatives and in his own house. Uh-huh. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. Could do means he tried. It wasn't working. Let's go on. And he marveled because of the unbelief. In another portion of scripture, people's great faith shocked him. This side, unbelief shocked him. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. He marveled because of the unbelief. Failure to recognize those whom God has selected, those whom God has chosen, those whom God has put in your life for you to benefit from them is actually a lack of faith. Because it means you don't have understanding of the ways of God. And in his ways, there are people that he selects. There are people he chooses. Failure to understand that will block you from receiving something unique from God. Because you thought having great faith means you stop acknowledging people who God has set. I've heard people saying, Hey, with all these things that are happening, where are those pastors that claim to heal people? With that disrespect, where do you expect the power of God to move from? Because clearly it means a person has got no understanding of the way God works. If you've observed from the two examples I've given you, the biggest thing I keep pointing to is understanding. That other one understood the nature of God. That he's a person, he's got authority. And Jesus was working under authority. This other one understood that she was not going to let Jesus' humanness, Jesus' Jewness offend her. She was going to receive the very best. Jesus answered her very rudely if you had to ask me. She refused to be offended and she got what God had placed on him. She had understanding. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot reach the place of great faith without understanding. And one of the things you would have to understand is the way God works. And I'll say it, and I'll say it, and I'll say it. The way God works is that he uses people. That's how he works. He uses people. He uses people. He himself gave some apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers for the perfecting of the saints. You can't claim to be a person of great faith you don't go to church. Clearly, you don't, you, you don't have an understanding of the way God works. You've got, you don't have an understanding. If I was to go further on the topic of understanding, I would also say he uses the foolish things. The things which sometimes the world ridicules. Things like declarations. Things like praise and worship. Sometimes those are the biggest secrets to people's breakthroughs. Things like giving. He uses the things that the world laughs at us for. That's why you find, the, you find people who don't go to church keep on talking about some of the practices we do in the, in the body of Christ. But it's none of their business. Why should we allow spiritual things to be judged by unspiritual people? Listen, when it comes to great faith, as I was preparing today's sermon, I sensed an emphasis on an understanding of God's ways. And one of the things you have to understand is that he uses people. I've I've had times where I've studied the scriptures, I've prayed. I'm waiting to hear from God. And he'll answer through a phone call from pastor. What's that showing? He uses people. That's the way he he does things. So the centurion had an understanding of authority. And the woman from Canaan had an understanding of rank. 
their realms of understanding, their, their perseverance, their ability to use what they knew to talk to God in his language, which is the language of his word, caused them to get great results. Great faith is, is not for those who take no for an answer. No, a person cannot reach great faith if they are still seated thinking that there are some God wants to touch and some he doesn't want to. Clearly, you've not understood his nature. And a person cannot reach great faith if they are thinking, oh, God cannot use a, a younger one. Clearly, you've not understood his ways. Great faith comes with an understanding of his nature and his ways. Who he is and the way he does things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's his righteousness? His way of doing and being right. And all these things shall be added unto you. Mo the Israelites knew the works. Moses knew the ways. So people of great faith have an understanding of who he is and how he works. Who he is, how he works. So you've gotten this knowledge. Get understanding. Someone will ask, Pastor, how do I get understanding? Let's look at the scripture. I've told you, I, I showed you that you can get understanding through reasoning within yourself in the context of his nature because you have the mind of Christ. In Luke 24, verse 44, Jesus, the Bible says, and he said to them, these are the words which I spoke while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And in verse 45, notice, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. He opened their understanding. If you had to read it this same period of time, if you had to read it from John, notice what it says. In John 20 verse 22, it says, And he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you read, it's the same context. Their understanding was open when the Holy Spirit came. Have you observed 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9? It says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard. Neither has it entered the man, mind of a man what God has prepared for his people. What does it go on to say? In verse 10 it says, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. There is a way in which you must learn to relate with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the key to your great faith because he's the one who opens your understanding. That's why you must be 100% dependent on him. You can't achieve great faith without the spirit of faith. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of faith. He is the spirit of faith. You can't have great faith without him. Because he's the one who transforms this knowledge into understanding. And that's why you must seek to have a relationship with him. And the relationship with him is very easy to build because God has told us the primary things. You need to spend time with him. I mean dedicate time and focus and relate with him. Now, you will not have anything to relate with if you don't read the Bible because that's his interest. The scriptures, that's his interest. Apart from that, you will not have much to talk about if you are not passionate about what he's passionate about. He's passionate about Jesus. He's passionate about the work of God. He's passionate about the people of God. If those things are your passion, you'll find it very easy to understand, to, to, to relate with him, and you open your understanding towards greater things. Ladies and gentlemen, great faith is not just about building up so much knowledge, but it's about growing it to wisdom and in, and in your getting, getting understanding. When you have understanding of 
how God is, his nature, you reason with yourself, you judge him to be faithful. And you also have understanding of how he works. For example, God uses people. For example, God uses the foolish things of this world. I can give you many testimonies of times when I've given and somehow God has found a way to give me and even greater. Now, ideally, if you're trying to save up, you're not really going to give, eh? But that's the way God works. That's the way he works. And it's foolishness to the world. And those who are at the highest levels of faith sometimes might appear to be the most foolish to the world because at times they'll make decisions which, which will just seem to contradict what everybody thinks would be the logical way. But it's because they've got an understanding of his nature and how he works. Next week we'll look at strong faith. And we're going to be reading from Romans chapter 4. If you've been blessed by this, I want you to leave your comment and tell me how you've been blessed. Tell me how this uh, sermon has blessed you. Otherwise, I also want you to join us on Sunday because on Sunday we are continuing. We're in another series that will be in it for months. And last Sunday we just had a very beautiful time. Otherwise, God bless you all. Please, if you've got prayer requests, feel free to send them. Feel free to bring them to us. We are very willing and very ready to pray with you. Let me pray for anyone right now who's believing God for something. Because you've come to a place of understanding of his ways, and you know that one of his ways is to use his servants. You know that the words that I'll be speaking to you right now, these words are life to you. They are health to your flesh. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That person that's watching me, that's going through a hard time. That one that's going through a hard time. There's a change in your life right now. I decree and declare a whole bunch of answered prayers in your life. A whole field of answered prayers. Your grass is green. While the world is panicking, the Lord is giving you ideas. While everyone is, when, when men say there's a casting down, you shall say there's a rising up. I declare wisdom for the end times. Wisdom to know what to do. The same spirit like that which was on the sons of Issachar, where they knew what to do, I speak that over you. In Jesus' name, solutions are coming through you. You are blessed. You are highly favored. God bless you. At this moment, we're going to collect our offering. And the details are scrolling right now. We can begin to just uh, give our offerings, even as the Lord has blessed us. And afterwards, the service will be closed. So God bless you all. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We can give God the glory for that wonderful and amazing and life-changing sermon. Amen. So if you're still watching us, make sure you comment hallelujah. Tell us how this sermon has blessed you. This is Apostle has said, I will now be giving um, the details to give your offering. So they will be scrolling, but just to go over them together. So through Airtel Money, you'll be giving to Jangu. The number is 977 479 703. I'll say it one more time. 0977 479 703. And then MTN Money, you'll be giving to Suilanji. And the number is 0963 
0963582454. I'll say it one more time. 0963582454. And then for Zamto, if you're using Zamto, use Zampay through City of the Lord Church. And the number is 0953756076. I'll say it one more time. So City of the Lord Church. Um, through Zamtal is 0953756076. And then if you want to use FMB, you can use uh, Pay to Sell or eWallet. You'll be sending it to Zhangu, and the number is 0977479730. And then if you want to send through Zapit, the number is, uh, you'll be sending it to um, Suilanji, and the number is 09. Six three five eight two four five four, and then if you'd like to directly deposit into the church account, it's City of the Lord um, Church. This is by Atlas Mara. The branch is at East Park, and the, the branch number is the branch the account number. My apologies. Account number is three two five five eight two zero four three one zero one four. I'll say that one more time. Three two five eight two zero four three one zero one four. So as you give your offerings, make sure you let us know that and post in the group that I have given my offering and give God the glory. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So thank you so much for tuning in this evening. And I just wish you all of God's blessings and His grace. I want you to know that I'm being asked a lot of questions, Apostle, with the COVID situation. Uh, what's God saying? Uh, will it come to an end? Yes. Everything will normalize. Be rest assured. And if I were you, I would use the wisdom of being ahead. Start preparing for life after COVID. Start preparing. Start preparing. I pray God gives you the wisdom. Start preparing for life after COVID. This thing is coming to an end. In Zambia, by end of April, I, I believe things should be back to normal. Start preparing. And even around the world, we keep praying for them. Let's keep praying for them. I, I, let's just keep praying for them. Everything will be back to normal. How do I do everything back to normal? Because the Bible, when speaking of the last days, tells us it shall be like the days of Noah. People were eating and drinking and giving to marriage. That shows you that things appeared normal. So everything will be back to normal. Okay. God bless you and I love you all. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. Now, wherever you're listening from, we would like to hear from you. Get in touch with us. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0953756076 or 0977474679. If you're unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church.
until next time keep confessing the word of god over your life stay blessed